Hello, everyone, and welcome out to The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky, a podcast where I sit down with some of my friends in the local Columbus, Ohio theater, film an improv scene, and talk a bunch of geeky stuff. Some of it good, some of it bad, but all of it definitely geeky. If you enjoy our programs, be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and to leave a review, or subscribe and leave a review wherever you can get podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from our lovely backers on Kickstarter, like Tavia Ordway, for example. Tavia is someone that I used to work with, and it means the world that she supported and backed us on Kickstarter, and she was one of my favorite people to talk to almost every day. And I miss those talks, to be honest with you, and it's one of those things where uh, it's been a while since we've actually hung out and talked, and it, it hurts my soul a little bit. Tavia is a huge Wonder Woman fan, by the way, and so Tavia, thank you so much for backing us on Kickstarter. It means the world. Our official sponsor of the show is Audible. With over 200,000 titles to choose from, get one audiobook and two Audible originals each month included with your trial, even once your trial ends and normal membership begins. How rad is that? Best part is you own your library, meaning you keep the books even if you cancel with Audible, plus you get easy exchanges. So, don't love a book? Swap it out for free anytime. Sign up for your free trial over at audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. Download the Audible app and start enjoying your new audiobook. Hello, everyone. In this episode, we're going to sit down and talk to Travis Horseman on all types of Travis Horseman things. In particular, maybe something new he has coming up right here on The Good, The Bad, and The Geek. But if we talk about anything, whether it be his projects, whether it be anything else, there could be spoilers involved. So just beware about that. And if there's anything you want to say about this episode, if it's good, email us at goodbadgeeky at gmail.com. We'll read it on thing. If it's not good, well, keep your opinions to yourself. All right. Enough said on my end. Will, roll them. So it's great to have you on because we you are launching by the time this goes up, mm-hmm. it will already be launched by like a day or four. It'll be about what five days in at that five point. days in at yep. that point. Um, Still pretty fresh. What's happening is you are launching a Kickstarter mm-hmm. for Amiculus, the ultimate omnibus. Am yep. I saying that right? Okay, that's the one. And I'm a big fan of the of the. Well, I got the first omnibus. Yes. Part is it was a Kickstarter bonus. Right? It's what it was. It was, yes. it was a very limited supply of those. Mm-hmm. And what's great about it is that it's all redone. And not all redone, but you know what I mean? Like, it's all nice and new, but there's also an additional 24-page chapter. For this new one, yes. For this new one, which I love more Amiculous. So, <laughs> yeah. so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. What made you... I mean, I kind of know off and on you've occasionally like, said to me, it's like, I'm, I'm thinking of doing this, but like, why... Why now? Well, to give you a little bit of background, this, for those of you who aren't familiar with Famiculus or mm-hmm. the, her, first hearing this for the first time, is like, what the heck is that? Amiculus is a three-part graphic novel series that I created, that I fundraised through Kickstarter, uh, set during the fall of Rome, but it presents the fall of Rome not as, you know, just a whimper. It's much more of a bang, basically. It's, Rome didn't fall, but was destroyed 
brought down by a mysterious figure from the shadows. A lot of elements similar to V for Vendetta or Assassin's Creed mm-hmm. uh, in that with one lone vigilante fighting against the corrupt rulers of a crumbling empire. Uh, like I said, between 2014 and 2017, we funded three successful Kickstarters. I broke the book up into three parts. For the third book, as an extra perk, uh, I added a limited edition omnibus that combined all three books into one. It went out to a very small number of people. Now I am eager to do like a mass release to the public to be actually create a standard sale version of this that I can release to the public. Uh, but I'm also redesigning it. It's got a whole new look, new cover, uh, lots of new art. There's going to be a new map, the world of Amiculous. Uh, you know, all of the empires and kingdoms and everything. There's going to be new content and additional, you know, sketch art and things from Giancarlo Caracuzza that were not in the first one. And most importantly, there'll be a whole new story, a 24-page story added to the book that will actually be a bridge between Amiculous and a sequel story, a sequel series that's called Amiculous Domina. So there's going to be so the second story is Domina, yes, or and and it's just that chapter, or or is it like that's a prequel or a setup for a whole other series? Well, actually, it works really nicely as an additional chapter to the Amiculous story and the first chapter to a new to now, a new see, sequel. That I did not know. Damn it, man. You just have all my money. Because <laughs> I was just like, okay, okay, this is like, you know, a nice little p- possible. I haven't read it yet. I just know from what I know of the story mm-hmm. and everything, I was like, okay, this might fill in like some things here and there. You know, yeah. it, you're just padding out, you know, this great story you've already told. And I'm oh, like, it's not padding out. It's, no, well, it's no, we're adding that, value. Sorry, that's poor wording on my yeah. part. But well, no, well, I will say, though, uh, Amiculous is very... In a good way, it's it's historical fiction mm-hmm. that that is it's kind of dense in that regard, which is which is great. You just jump right in and you just Im- immerse yourself in the world, and history itself, by definition, is 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 I, I feel fun, but it's also can be a little little whoa, what's it going on? It doesn't live for a lot of people for a good reason. That so that's what I thought. I was like, oh, you're going to be like filling in some little things that you've maybe teased here and there you've alluded to in the story. And it's like, you might be doing that, but it's also setting up something else. Mm -hmm. So now, so now my question is, is the same artist, is it John? Giancarlo. Giancarlo. Is he also going to be doing Domina? Like the full? You bet. Man. You bet. (laughs) So, so do you have a timetable set up for that? Yes. If, if you don't, if you don't feel comfortable sharing it, I, I understand you don't have to. I'm just Nick is wondering. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to release this one. Uh, this is probably going to be about 100 to 120 pages total. I'm going to release it in. I'm thinking it's going to be about probably a five to six issue. I guess if it's 100, I guess that'd be more like 100. And, 40 at the hard to say i i I, it always it it sort of takes on its own life well and and, and also too this is it's curious because how many pages per issue are you doing uh i'm gonna keep it to standard uh 23 or so standard floppy comic like 20 to 24 pages okay per issue okay and it's gonna be a it's gonna be like a i would say looking at a six issue run Okay. For that, and then later on, that one will be combined into its own uh, omnibus as well. Okay. Yeah, that's... Mm. Yeah. Now, then, are, are you... Are you now, 
can you go as far to say, will there be a third chapter? Oh, so, yes. Oh, so you have a trilogy like plan, which yes. is amazing. Um, this is, uh, I'm uh, basically, this is, this is kind of my MCU planning, I guess, if you think about it. You know, <laughs> I got this planned out until like 2040, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, which it may just about take that long, but, um, the joys of self publishing. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but uh, if you like, I can go into some details about this additional chapter. Well, yeah, please do. Well, yeah, I mm-hmm. I know some stuff that's going on, so I don't want to spoil it either. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So as long as it doesn't do that, I feel we can like tiptoe around it. I'm- oh, no, it won't spoil anything. Okay, no. good, good, good. To give some background, again, for those of you who don't know, one of the twists of this story is actually a true fact. It's hard that we have to say true facts these days. You know, it's sort of like, it's kind of like free gift. You yeah. know, it's like, isn't that inherent? The last emperor of the Western Roman Empire was a 12-year-old boy named Romulus. And the, a lot of this story is shown through, from his point of view. Mm-hmm. One chapter, and you may remember this, one important chapter in the book is a memory of his that is basically the last time that it's the last happy memory that he had before all of this craziness started. And it was a, it was a day on a beach with his family and to him, I mean, it's like in the book, it's displayed in like these, you know, rosy sepia toned nostalgia, very just, just like it was the greatest day ever. Mm -hmm. Well, this new chapter, which is going to bridge into the new series is and it is from the point of view of the key character in this series. That's Romulus's mother, oh, and it's yeah, shown, yeah. and it shows that exact same day in the story from a much darker perspective, like what was really going on. Yeah, so there's that's true because it is kind of through a prism mm-hmm. of it does feel like one or two other things is happening, mm-hmm. but again, because it's through the boy's perspective. He's just having a great day. Yeah. And, yeah, because then it kind of, if I remember correctly, it flashes to something else that's not a great day. Yeah. And that's why he's remembering the happy time, so to speak. So, yeah. Okay. It's taking, essentially, a scene that we're familiar with from the first book and using that as a jumping off point from a totally different perspective. Sure. And telling that story, which does not get told in the first series. Right. But in, in, in in terms of how the story is told... So does it is it book one, book two, book three of Amiculus, and then the the other chapter, or is it like in between one of like book one and book two, or in between book two and book three? Well, like, and, and, and in terms of, <laughs> I'm talking like if I open yeah. up the book up, the placement of the story within the book of how you have it laid out currently, which is book one, book two, book three, is how I was meaning. Right. Um, well, or or is that giving too much away? No, no, it's not okay. giving. No, none of this is a spoiler at all. Okay. Actually. Okay. This is an annoying thing about artists. They like telling stories out of order. This will add a significant amount of context to how Amiculous came to be. Well, it's when a mommy and daddy love each other. Very, no, no, no. Yeah. yeah. Like a ripe tomato. But, uh... <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going there already. But, um... No, this actually takes place entirely before the, uh, like a lot of the, the bulk of the story in Amiculus mm-hmm. takes place during a vast, a massive siege of Rome. All of this, this entire story takes place, uh, it starts a few years before that and leads right up to, uh, like a pivotal defeat 
of the Romans against the barbarians. That's Amiculus's first. It's his debut, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, it starts on that day on the beach. That's the day it starts, and then mm-hmm. moves linearly up to Romulus becoming emperor after his father overthrows the previous emperor and the entire shit show that follows. That poor boy. Um, <laughs> so I am curious, how far into the future does book book, book, book two possibly go? Or is that like, mm-mm, mm-mm, nope, that's uh, to wait and find in out. In this series or? Uh, I'm sorry, in, so <laughs> this is, yeah, this is confusing now. So <laughs> the, so the first Amiculous trilogy, mm-hmm. not that book two, mm-hmm. or it's the second chapter. So the second trilogy yeah. Well, that how far into the future can you say that will take place, or is it like? Because I mean, there is actually a very set up mm-hmm. timeline that that is in your yeah. first three books mm-hmm. that will be in this omnibus, which you can get if you go to Kickstarter and back it. Oh yeah. Um. So I, I'm just this sure. is and again, this is coming from someone who has read it, and I'm trying to very nicely dance around it. But uh, yeah, will it be like really far flung in the future? Like not far flung, but like, you know, like maybe 50 years or so, 25 years. Well, let me start by saying the Amiculous series goes back and forth between the fall of Rome and an event 60 years later, Mm -hmm. which is when the Romans tried to take Rome back. That actually happened. Yes. The Romans came back and tried to take Italy back from the barbarians. The uh, first, like I said, the first series, Domina, takes place a few years before the fall of Rome. It's mm-hmm. at, that's, that starts a few years before the fall of Rome. The next series, the one that I have planned way off in the future and is still very much... Uh, cooking. Cooking. That one takes place almost exactly between the fall of Rome and the, and, uh, and the reconquest. Okay. And it deals with Romulus as a young man. Okay. Uh, he's a boy here. He's about 29 or 30 years old. And it shows him... I mean, I can't really say much about it because there's a no, no, major no, no. spoiler. I, that's real, no, 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 no. That's really the only thing I want to know yeah. is how this was a timeline. I yeah. didn't need you to... So, apologies. I was just trying no, to cook fine. like, where is this laying out? Because yeah. I'm... Because again, uh, uh, you are very well versed into this stuff in terms of the history mm-hmm. of all of it. So I was just trying to be like, okay, where where in history is this going to be well tucked in? But I I I, I can I say that uh, at this point in the third series, Romulus's life has taken something of a turn. Uh, it's been pretty placid up to this point. His life has taken a turn, and he now stands in danger of becoming just like his horrific father. And even to the point that he, and this may sound weird, to the point that he becomes a target of Amiculus himself. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay. I can explain more of that no, to you. No, no, off. no, no. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, yeah. Actually, you know what? I, I am. I very much want to know, but I'm going to say no because I'm going to wait to see how that unfolds. Because yeah. I. Because it's like at that point, you're like showing me a trailer, Mm -hmm. a verbal trailer of what would happen. And, you know, I'm going to be our friend Keith Jackson, where he's just like, I'm just not going to listen. I'm not going to watch the trailer. I'm going to see it. (laughs) You you have it. Yeah. I even have a uh, I even have a tentative title for that series. It's called Amiculous King of Italy. Ooh. Yeah. There's going to be some kings in there. There's going to be some Italy. (laughs) And Amiculous. Yeah. Boom. So... 
what else do you, what other are there any extra outside of the omnibus of uh, the ultimate omnibus and that extra chapter is there anything else you are offering to the kickstarter backers yes as a matter of fact uh, a very popular uh, reward in the previous series was you know drawing uh, having a uh, backers being able to be drawn into the book as characters or being drawn in the style of the world of Amiculus. yeah uh, Giancarlo has been very generous about that he's probably done God, how many? Like 30 or 40 of them at this point. Yeah. Well, considering that most of the art in the book is done, unfortunately, we don't really have any characters that we can provide. However, we're doing something a little different. We're actually providing customized sketch covers for some of the books where Giancarlo can draw a person into the world of Amiculus on the cover of the book. Draw them their very own cover with them at front and center. Wow. Okay. Limited Limited reward. Limited, Limited reward. reward. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and just so you can get, I, I'm, I, if I remember correctly, he li- where does he live at? Uh, Giancarlo lives in Rome. He is Roman. He's been Italian, etc. He's been that his entire life. So and, I just like to yeah. point out how awesome this is. Like, so mm-hmm. technically, you're getting a real Roman who's going to draw in your book, yeah. put you in the book, mm-hmm. and then he's going to mail it. Or somehow it's going to come over here so it can get be dis- distributed out to you. Yep. Um, that's pretty rad. <laughs> yeah. It's worth noting that uh, Giancarlo Caracuzzo has a incredible 40-year background uh, in creating comics. He's worked for Marvel and DC. Some titles, if I may, just sort of Please. You know, blow my own horn here. Some of his credits include Giant Size Spider-Man, Batman 66, uh, Cable, uh, Jonah Hex... He did uh, the Formic Wars series for uh, for Marvel a few years ago. He's he's got quite a he's got yeah. quite a laundry list. Yeah, it, it's it's just so it's so interesting how Marvel and DC. Well, not just Marvel and DC. It's everyone now. Like it, that there's just such great talent that you can go outside of the country for and find. Because I feel like before it was just very much like a. Mm-hmm. You know, horse with blinders on kind of situation, <laughs> but the internet has opened that up, where you know you can work with people, not just not artists in America, can also work with writers overseas mm-hmm. and uh, inkers, colorists. You know, uh, what do you letterers? Dear Lord, I forgot <laughs> what the word letterer was. Yeah, um, I was just like the word guy is, the word my, is what my brain came up with, and then background there was like a red flag. The on. guys who blow up the word balloons. That was not it, Nick. That was not <laughs> that word. Um, yeah, the, the guy who blows up the balloons. So, r- sorry, random weird thing. Have you ever read Who Censored Roger Rabbit? Mm-hmm. The original book that Who Framed Roger? Okay, it's nothing like that. And that Roger Rabbit dies in the first, like, 50 pages. What? Boom, yeah. But the twist is, instead of animated characters, they're comic strips. Uh-huh. So when he goes to work, he's getting his photo taken, and then it gets turned into a, a panel on a comic strip. Oh, okay. So when he talks, there's an actual word balloon that goes above <laughs> his head, and it slowly disintegrates. Kind of like Spider-Man's web. Oh, After yeah. It hangs in the air there for a bit, and it just slowly disintegrates. Yeah. Um, and so, if a tune gets killed... Mm-hmm. Guess what? You have evidence of their final words. Whoa. And so Roger's final words <laughs> is something like, oh my God, you can't, wait, what? No. Or something like that. And yeah. so Eddie has to go, but then here's the weird part. Roger Rabbit then also shows up at his door mm. a few days later. Mm. Booms. Yeah, sorry. I, I, the, you talking about the blowing up the balloons, I was just like, <laughs> it was one of those sad things that they never realized, I feel like. And I was like, that would have actually been really cool. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy that they did what they did. Spielberg did what he did with Disney on that. 
Yeah. But it would have been cool to have seen that version of Roger Rabbit. Anyway, huh. um, what were, what were we talking about before? I mean, obviously, Amiculous, but what were we, uh, we were, oh, we we're talking about Giancarlo. Yeah. And we we're talking about how he's a Roman in, based in Italy and he's been working for 40 years in comics. Yeah. So, and I know I've asked this before, so I apologize, but how did you stumble upon Giancarlo? Did you, did you read some of his work and like, you know, I want to work with that guy or LinkedIn? LinkedIn. Yeah, it's the stupidest answer on the face of the planet, but it's that's how we met. LinkedIn yeah. is so you can link up with other people. It's a yeah. very valid... I, I feel like it's not the first thing you hear, which sometimes is kind of sad because LinkedIn is for all types of businesses. It does, yeah. Um, usually people go art station or... This is an old chestnut for everybody. DeviantArt. Oh, yeah. Back in the early days. I have a DeviantArt account. Yeah. I haven't touched, touched it, in it in years. God yeah. knows how long. Neither have I. I. Every once in a while I go on there I'm like... What's that going on in DeviantArt? I have to update <laughs> something. Okay. Um, but yeah, like ArtStation and uh, I feel like is the newer, hipper, yeah. cooler version of, of DeviantArt. But, um, ArtStation. Oh, okay. Do you ever, uh, have you ever been to Digital Webbing? Yes. Yeah, that's another place that's really cool. So it's really bizarre too because when you go there, it's just a form of like three three things. It's like artists hiring, writers hiring, mm-hmm. and just someone seeking people seeking help. But it's a very vague, so it could be any a little bit of anything. Yeah. So for those out there listening, if you want to do your own self publish your own book, we're giving you like we're just giving you links right now, yeah. so you can go check it. LinkedIn, ArtStation, and DigitalWebbing.com. Yeah, on LinkedIn, and this is the surprising thing because you know who expects that actually to work, right? Yeah. For anybody. But um, there are forums on there specifically for uh, comic book creators. I, there's one called Comic Book Creators, uh, oh, Work wow. in Comics. Now, that I did not uh, know. Yeah. I mean, it is a place, it's basically a, you know, a trading floor, essentially, for artists and writers to come together and work out deals and collaborate. Yeah. I, I mean, that's... Because I, I have to wonder, too, and, and this is me asking... Uh, so I know, but some of our listeners who might want to do the same thing might have a similar is, uh, and don't go into specifics cause that's not necessarily our business, but in terms of, did you work out a contract with him? Like you spoke with him, worked out a contract and then moved forward? Or did you do a few pages based on commission and then you guys worked out a contract? Uh, it was always contract first. Good man. Always so those first. listening out there, try to always do contract first. Don't. Yeah. Because and that's hard because when you're first starting off, it's not something yeah. you think about. You know what I mean? Usually, if an artist, uh, you know, an artist worth his salt. I mean, any, any, you know, any serious artist is going to have a website where you can get a sense. I would never ask an artist to do anything on spec. I just want yeah. to say that right now. I would never ask well, anyone to say, "Draw me something," and maybe if I like it, I'll pay you. No, no, oh, I no, don't no, no, do that. not like not like that. But yeah. like, well, they they do offer commissions though, so you can base something on a commission. And there's like a very rough contract there, mm-hmm. but it's not for ongoing, like an actual comic, like a full comic book right. or a graphic novel. And I feel like sometimes people, you know, I've done that in my early where I didn't have a contract with yeah. with somebody, and it ended up biting me in the ass a little bit. Um, and I know for a fact there's going to be someone else out yeah. there listening to this going like, okay, cool, cool, digital webbing, LinkedIn, okay, go there, go there. But, yeah. oh, yeah, you need a contract. And you can Google that. basic work for hire contract. Exactly. Is, you can Google that really simply. Yeah. Um, but if you didn't know to look for it, though, or to ha- think about that, that's something to think about. So you reached out to him on LinkedIn. You guys chatted a bit back and forth. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you guys start to work. 
And how you, so the trailer, yeah. cause I've seen it before other people have seen it <laughs> and it's pretty bitchin'. Um, and we'll, matter of fact, we'll, we'll, we'll play it here in a second, but it will, uh, but there's a part in there that says it's an epic 10 years in the making. And if I remember from the trailer, it only shows that the Kickstarter for Amiculous was 2015. Mm-hmm. That's when. That's only the first time I started funding for it. I mean, I was writing it a lot longer before that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I started working on that uh, to date myself in 2007. So it's really more than 10 years at this point. It's 12 right. years. Jeez. Yeah. But well, I um, get. Well, I get 10 years yeah. is such a is a nicer rounder number. I get, yeah. I get you. I get you. It took me honestly. Let's see. I mean, if if I really want to make myself sound awful, it took me. F- well, actually, it took me about. It took me maybe nine months to write the first draft and then another three years to get around to finishing it because I'm a procrastinator and a perfectionist and terrified of failure. But uh, (laughs) aren't we all really? (laughs) And then after that, it was about finding the artist, which uh, Giancarlo and I connected in 2012. We put together a package that we pit like a like a five page package that he drew, which those five pages are in the comic now and pitched to uh we we pitched that to uh publishers which of course did not work because nobody's going to buy a comic based on a bunch of black and white images no offense but you know uh and yeah. and, and a concept so i decided to kickstart it you know, i'm sure you probably heard this before on good bad and geeky mm-hmm. uh that's okay i uh uh, you know, first campaign failed utterly for many reasons. Long story. Uh, second campaign, after some fierce retooling, succeeded, and then the next campaign and the next campaign also did succeed. And uh, that, well, the campaigning, like I said, let, just to recap: uh, four years of writing, <laughs> four years of writing, two years of fruitless pitching, and then another four years of uh, crowdfunding. Yeah. So that's how it breaks down. And so you had all of it written, like all three books written, or when you yeah. finish it? Oh, now see, that's smart. So some people will just do like book one, mm-hmm. and then that's what they write. Like they might have like guideposts for book two and book three. But yeah. see, you did the smart thing, in my opinion, the smart mm-hmm. thing, which is you finished the full story. So you know exactly where you're going. So, yep. and which is also helpful. Uh, well, so actually, I have a question. I don't think I asked this last time. When you had the script and you would give pages to Giancarlo, did, was it just pages or did you give him the whole script and he just kept working? Uh, I gave him – I I, I uh, did not give him the entire script. Uh, okay. I gave – well, I mean, I, I gave him each volume. Like, I gave him the whole script of each volume. Okay. So he didn't really – he didn't know how it was going to end. I mean, he knew the concept. He knew where it started. He knew where it ended, but he didn't know all the details in between. Okay. With each, with each, kick, with each successful crowdfunder, I gave him the volume one script. I gave him the volume two script. I gave him the volume three script. Okay. But he didn't know all the details in between. So have you guys ever talked about if, if that – like – because there's a there's a part of me. This is why I'm not an artist. Is that there's a part of me. I'm like, well, I want to know where it's going. Like, mm-hmm. I know it's it's like Lost. Spoiler: I know it will end on Jack's eye closing because that's how the show opened, right? Yeah. With Jack's eyes opening. But how do we get to that point? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like that is how that kind of sounds to me. It's like, mm-hmm. well, he knew, you know, this is the ending. So like rough mm-hmm. guideline of like a guidepost of the ending. Yep. But he doesn't know how he gets there. I would just be like chomping at the bit, going, <laughs> well, 
if I, but again, because then I, I would be overthinking it, which is if I draw something this way here, maybe that could be foreshadowing also to over here and doing this. And, and I would, yeah, I would just get stuck in my own head trying to figure out layout and before I even draw anything else. But I was just curious if he ever sat there and did he ever ask you questions like, what is this? Anything that you, what, what, like on page 34 or something, is that, what does that mean? Like, what does that, does that mean something else? Or then he just, well, he, he just drew. No, I mean he was uh no, he he ran with it. Uh honestly, um I just sort of we only we've it's crazy in uh, 7 years that we've been working together, we've only met in person twice. Jeez. Uh and That's awesome. Um you know, it's just twice. It's still awesome though. Yeah. Cuz it's not easy to meet someone you know what I mean? Overseas uh-huh. and for them to meet you, vice versa. Like a lot of things have to line up. Yeah. You know, will our president let him into our country? Mm. Will our president let you out of our country? Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So joking aside though, but like there really are, cause it's, it's more, especially financially. Yep. There's a lot of other factors that have to go into effect. And if there's anyone else coming with you, like a loved one mm-hmm. or his loved one or family, it, it just, it raises those complications just a little bit so the fact that you even had twice is is absolutely phenomenal yeah yeah there are some people that don't ever get to meet their artist (laughs) you know i mean they might talk to him on the phone have you talked to him on the phone a lot no we can't we communicate mainly through email that's that's awesome that's that's kind of awesome man but he's yeah he's a great guy he's uh yeah uh really cool a little short but you know i'm a little tall like the first thing like we met in Chicago the first time and like he's looking around for me and I see him and he the first thing he says he comes up to me, Oh Travis, my friend. Oh, you're very tall. You know? <laughs> and then he looks at himself and he's like, Italian. You know. <laughs> Which I didn't you know, he's a he's a great guy. He and his yeah, he and his wife Katya, his daughter Flavia, who Flavia, by the way, is uh, she does digital color for all of the books. Does she? Yeah, and uh, oh yeah, she's God. amazing. So it's a family affair. It really is. Yeah. That's so. So, did you ever ask him on how? Like, how old is she? By the way, a rough estimate. You uh, know exactly, but she's like mid twenties. Uh, late, late, mid, late twenties. She's she's a millennial. But, yeah. well, eh. well, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with no, that. No, I'm not right. giving any shade. I'm just trying to give some context. Well, no, no, sure, sure. Um, I'm, you, did you ever ask him or or her? Because you does it sound like you met her too um, when you went to Chicago? Did she has she always been doing that, or did she or did she do it kind of like for fun? And it's like here, keep busy by doing this because you like to call her, and then she just. I'm really good at this, and she just kept doing it and doing, it. and then she's like, "Hey, Dad, can I? Do you have anything for me?" <laughs> I actually interviewed them both uh, when I was in Rome. I met uh, they met me in Chicago. I went and met them in Rome and went to their house and everything. And oh, man, uh, awesome. I interviewed them. And unfortunately, that interview has yet to see the light of day because oh, no. it just didn't find. I just you know I'm I didn't find the opportunity to do it. But someday maybe some yeah yeah uh, Flavia. I mean, she's a very talented artist. She's done her own, uh, she's had her own, you know, gallery shows in Rome. Oh my gosh, uh, wow. she has actually done coloring. She's done, she's been the colorist for a lot of, uh, of Giancarlo's uh, professional work, actually. I think. See, that's so cool, man. Like, yeah. no, like legitimately, it's not just a one off family thing. It's like, 
I wonder if they ever go out of their way to work with each other or is it happenstance? I, I'm sure at some point it was, you know, if I do this, do you mind? Mm-hmm. I have a callerist I can recommend to you. Yeah. Um, or they seem it, like a fantastic team. They, I mean, well, from reading Amiculous, yeah. they are. You know what I mean? <laughs> Actually, all three of you are. Uh, oh, so, no, that's so cool. So when you went, uh, when you went to Rome... What was the what was what was probably did he show you around and all that? Yeah, we uh, we did some things. You know, we went we went to dinner. We uh, we like I said, he invited uh, us to his house for Sunday lunch, which mm-hmm. <laughs> lasted for four hours, five hours actually. It was it so. Was did amazing. your wife Becky go with you? Too? Oh yeah, Becky went with. Oh me. nice, nice. Yeah. So it really yeah. It's, so, so one of the things I liked is uh, if you get a chance to watch it, it's pretty cool. Well, I enjoy mm-hmm. at least is uh, somebody feed Phil. It's Phil Rosenthal from yeah. Everybody Loves Raymond. He cool. He being Italian, Jewish, Italian, or some weird feeling of that those two things in Jersey. His parents didn't cook well, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. but he just suffered through it, and they didn't go out to eat much. And then when he went to college, he didn't eat much because he was poor. And then when he, he moved to Hollywood, and his first big successful job was Raymond he started people Raymond and other people writers were like hey let's go here to eat let's go here to eat and he's like oh my god eating out is is the best thing ever because <laughs> it well it's about creating an atmosphere with other people that you're yeah. eating with and you're having a good time and you're enjoying excellent food yeah and it's weird how food bridges that gap is what he was trying to go for yeah Took me the long way to get there, but sure. uh, he he went to Italy. He went to a bunch of places in Europe, especially. And if I remember correctly, the Italy, uh, both the Italy and I think Spain one, or f- France. Sorry, both of those countries, like their lunches uh, or dinners are like huge deals. There, mm-hmm. it's not just like a quick forty-five minute to an hour. It's like a four to five hour extravaganza oh, of yeah. talking, eating, coffee. Coffee's a big thing, or, or some type of drink beforehand. Usually, drinks to, between every course. Yeah, which which so if you're uh, if you gastric bypass, not going to be good for you <laughs> because you can't because you have to stop. Uh, you you should is mm-hmm. what the study says. You should stop. So before you eat anything, fifteen minutes before, fifteen minutes after you eat, yeah. then you can drink something. Mm. And so if you're doing that, you're just you're just being rude that, to the culture. So then you just have to get yeah, yeah, that's a new hell to go into. But so what was the coolest thing for that he was super excited to show you when he showed you guys around? Um, was there anything in particular like because he, he probably showed you to a few different places? But uh-huh. what, from what you remember, what was one place he seemed to get a little bit more excited about than some of the others? Well. Um, we didn't exactly go on a tour with him. Um, sure. I mean, he, uh, like I said, we, we, we met for dinner in, uh, Trastevere, which is like the, the, the west side of the Tiber. Really nice, kind of like, I guess you'd almost call it like, I don't know, like the Greenwich Village of, uh, <laughs> of Rome. <laughs> uh, but it's really nice. Uh, uh, we went to a restaurant that, of course, he knew the owner. You know, <laughs> I feel like that anytime you go, or maybe it's just any documentary you see, like whether it be Anthony. Well, Anthony Bourdain's a little different because he's an actual chef. Yeah, but like not even somebody if you feel like he doesn't know these people, mm-hmm. and he's walking up, and he's usually talking to someone who's brought him there. But the person that's bringing him there, and they're like a random TV person or like an anchor. I think one of them was like a news anchor. They yeah. really don't have any pull. Yeah, really there. But like mm-hmm. he knows the owner somehow because <laughs> their kids went to school together, and it's very much like a. It's not what you, the normal networking that you would think would be like. Is when you yeah. go to a restaurant, restaurant owner, 
it's like everybody it feels like the atmosphere of everybody knows everybody like mm-hmm. it's very communal where i'm i feel like in america unless it's brunch not as yeah. communal i i don't know that's a weird thing it's one of the things i like about europe every time i would go over there it's, yeah it's very no uh dinners are chill they're great chill af <laughs> yeah uh and it doesn't matter i mean just you could just sit there and eat and and sip wine or sip brandy or sip something else alcoholic or something what was your choice of drink was it brandy um or was it the wine i tried everything honestly uh i even mm, uh, i don't know like i said uh dinner was nice but like i said the that that's that sunday that we spent at his house Mm -hmm. you know like it was a compound with you know like his uh his his uh his parents his wife's parents lived lived there and it was like a big family event I was embarrassed mainly because, you know, you had two groups of people. You had uh, you had a bunch of Italians who spoke very little English and a couple of Americans who spoke almost no Italian, just sort of, you know, trying to have a conversation. So, so okay, you know? well, let's talk about that. Being that you, you've studied the history, again, studying the history of a country or a place or a monarchy or anything like that, anything that you study in history doesn't necessarily mean if it's in a different language, you can speak it. Right. So, but did anything while doing that rubbed off that almost helped you or was it... Yeah, you because know, I, I'm sure it was probably more challenging for Becky than it was possibly you in terms of because you, I feel like you would have maybe like one percent more because you've been immersed in that in that world a little bit in terms of the history, the names, or whatever. So you might be able to you know how to pronounce names probably more. I wouldn't be able to do that, and you might have picked up a word here or there mm-hmm. that you might have go. Mm, could I work that in the script there, or is there, should we just stick with pure? English or you know what I mean like I in my head that's where you would possibly go so you could say that one word and that's your word and why Becky might not have that you know what I mean so but if you didn't have that that's that's okay too uh well uh Italian has unfortunately changed a bit in the 2000 years since the period that I'm studying so oh, that well, see, so see that's the other, so well, that's the other thing too so yeah, yeah anything that you did learn is a, yeah. Well, it's I, like ye olde English if you try to study even, yeah. uh, which I think a lot of people in movies and TV shows, if they try to actually do, um, what was it? I was, I remember reading it in Timeline by Michael Crichton, and I mm-hmm. never thought of it. And my, uh, I was like, what, 20 when that book came out? And I never yeah. thought about, which was like, uh, yeah, because when they first teleport through, some ye old knights come up and chop off their ye old heads mm-hmm. because when they start speaking to them, they didn't have their translator in. And so, and it's just gibberish on the page. Like it's yeah. ye old, but it's, it's still worse. Uh-huh. It sounds almost like a weird mix between English and German. Yeah. And because it's Anglo Saxon, like whatever. And the other people who had their translators on, you realize what they were saying, which is uh, if, if you say who you are, we'll kill you. Mm. And they didn't know that. And they got their head chopped off and are like, Holy shit. And then the other person who realized something was wrong, kept their mouth shut. And so they're like, what the hell's going on? It's like, glad you didn't say anything. You need a translator because you don't know what it's, you're not going to understand what they're saying because it, they don't speak like Shakespearean even. Yeah. Like it's, completely different than how his that media built it up to be which i was like oh i never once thought of that and if you watch any documentary on any show if they do talk about the language of the time that's one of the first things they do kind of throw in there anyway um english as we know it now didn't really exist prior to 600 years ago isn't that crazy yeah it's weird when you look at history and you realize that 
it feels a long time because the number is large. To me, 600 years feels a lot because I'll die 60, 60 to 85 years in, in, within a 100-year time frame. You know what I mean? Maybe and you then, will. Well, <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey. Kidding, kidding. But some people, like Travis, maybe – well, I'm just saying, Travis, maybe you last 200 years. Mm. Okay, maybe th- maybe three. Not the way I'm going. Oh, hey. But <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just, it's a weird how such a – how big history can seem or how small it can seem in the context yeah. of the person looking at it. Um, so with the Kickstarter trailer, yeah. we're going we're gonna to play the audio for that real quick. Yes. Technically, I'm hearing it first. Yeah. And so technically, you guys by default are too. And this if you is want the to big pitch. More, yeah, this is the big, ch- this is the big chalupa. Salute Amicli, and welcome to an epic graphic novel series a decade in the making. For those of you new to Amiculus, this series recounts a lost history of the fall of Rome that pits the conspiratorial savage rulers of a crumbling empire against a mysterious saboteur known only as Amiculus in a war for the fate of Western civilization. Thanks to our amazing backers over previous campaigns, we've fully realized Amiculus as a three-part series and a limited edition omnibus. Now, we're prepared to launch the redesigned Ultimate Omnibus, featuring new art and a brand new 24-page story, Amiculus Domina. Now enjoy this action-packed plunge into the world of Amiculus, and see for yourself if this mighty empire actually fell, or if it was pushed. In the private journals of Procopius... I once thought I knew the truth. When Rome's empire in the West died, it died with a whimper, eaten from within by corruption, from without by barbarian hordes. Or so I once believed. This book tells a different story. It showed me the truth. Rome didn't die. It was murdered. And this... Man, this demon, this amiculus, is the one who cut its throat. Rome can still be revived. Its glory can live again. But I must learn Amiculus' secrets. Who he was. Why he did what he did. And how he began. That's awesome. That's so, that's so beautiful. And I also like to point out, I don't think we've talked about this before, just throwing it out there, just... It, you did the vocals at the end as well, correct? Uh, I did the voiceover for Procopius, the narration, yes. Yes. Damn good, sir. Well, uh, thank you. It's, it's, it's up there with uh, how good you were in uh, Katesh. <laughs> Actually, you're good in everything that you're in, to stop be fair. It, no, no, you it. are. But uh, I'm, I'm just saying, uh, it's, it's really good. It's aggravating how good it is. Like, So here's the thing. Travis was playing that from his end of the table, and I've already seen it before we began recording, but just listening to it even, it it just sounds boss. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You. You're welcome. And uh, and if – yeah, go to Kickstarter right now 
and uh, look up Amiculus. Uh, what are you doing listening to this still? Go check it out and back it. Uh, do you have I – because mean, I know it's technically like a, almost a, a few days uh, under a week before this goes uh, – before your Kickstarter starts. What are the tiers price-wise? Do you have those available that you could maybe just throw out there and tease a little bit? Like sure. you know, $10 for this or twenty. You want me to go through the whole list? If you would mm-hmm. like to, or I would just say, what are the bigger, obviously the Onibus itself oh, would yeah. probably be one of them, but like, yeah, anything that you would like to tease out there for people? Well, um, probably the big one that you're going to want to see is I uh, have, uh, there's going to be an early bird special uh, where you can get both the 240 page Omnibus and the uh, 24 page first issue of Domina. I'm also doing it as a single, as a floppy uh, first uh, first chapter of the series cool uh, as a separate floppy comic you can get both of those together along with a lot of digital rewards and the new amiculous map for just 30 bucks oh wow that's a yeah. good that's awesome yeah that's for the first uh 100 backers is what it's going to be and then uh the standard the standard tier for that once that's exhausted uh it'll be 40 dollars just uh, up from that for the same for the same package. Oh wow! Um, so yeah, get in that. Get, be be one of those first hundred. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We are also for for returning Amiculous backers. We are also offering the twenty four page issue of Amiculous Domina uh, as its own tier. So if you've backed before, you can come back and read the new stuff. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So. If you're going to be, say you already have it and you're not going to be Nick and going to go for that early bird special, <laughs> I'm not I'm not kidding people. I'm going to be fighting you for one of those hundred <laughs> spots. Um, so apologies. There's let's really say there's 99. Yeah, let's just say that. But no, seriously, like say I was being lame and I already have that and I don't want the super cool, super awesome on this edition. I just want the the 24 page you know story. I can just get that and add mm-hmm. it to my collection. That's a smart play, sir. At least in my opinion, that's a good. Yes. That's a good call. Well, that also comes with the new map too. Ooh, yeah. So just like that package together is the the new map and the twenty four page Domina issue. What else? What other? Uh, like maybe one or two more tiers. Sure. Uh, we're doing a uh, we're we're doing a cover package where you can also get in addition to the books, you can get uh, many posters of the entire Amiculous cover catalog. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, frameable uh, posters. It will be, of course, signed. You will get. Uh, there's another tier where you can get uh, the script for the book, uh, along with the uh, along with the books. Like actually, the script for both. There'll be two of them this time, hardbound with you know a cover plate on them. Oh wow! Um, the uh, you can do. There's a the the this is one of my I invented the word for this is uh you can do there's an amiculize me tier which that's a that's a uh, that's an old favorite actually we've done that since the beginning uh, that's that, but that's awesome though yeah I, where I, you send us a picture Giancarlo will draw you in the style of the book in uh or in, like it, it, draw you in the style of the ancient world in whatever style you want we've had people. As Romans, barbarians, Persians, Gauls, Greeks, you know, whatever you want to be, however you want to look. And, uh, this year we're presenting that with, uh, this, with the script. So, like, the front book plate will be your drawing. It'll be, it'll be you on that. Can I, can I just say, as a, someone who, for, I mean, it literally took me, I'm 38 now. Mm-hmm. Uh, womp womp. 
I, I probably wasn't t- until I was 29 and I had actively tried looking for what the definition of a book plate was. Cause I get the concept of it, yeah. but I had, I just was like, well, why, why the book plate? And it, it, it took me until I was like 29 to kind of like, Oh, I thought it was like replacing something on the book mm-hmm. and no, it's not. It's, it's a, it's a plate or not a plate, but like a page that sits in the book usually. And mm-hmm. there's something extra on it. Yep. I may be using that in, incorrectly because what I'm talking about would actually be on the cover of the book. Okay. Uh, instead of in the book. Okay. But, well, no, that can also be as well. Sorry, that's... Yeah. It, it's a little bit of both. Whatever the opening jacket is, whether it be the front or the back of mm-hmm. that, of the the front yep. of the book or the back of the book is where the book plate yeah. can go. And that... But again, my, my poor little mm-hmm. brain just couldn't... I was like, well, that's cool. But like, yeah. I, I didn't understand how or what was the logistics of it. And it's like, because again, mm-hmm. oh, you are getting your normal cover, but you're also getting that on top of that. It, that's, right. that's where my brain was not functioning right because so, i was trying to look at other books i've seen previously like well what's a book plate have right. i seen a book plate before <laughs> and i've not really seen one before so anytime i saw it on something on kickstarter or something i i just <laughs> so so yeah, yeah so i'm now one of those people that go i know what a book plate is <laughs> nice. and so book plates are awesome <laughs> and um yeah in that one like i said you get a really nice piece of original art signed by uh, Giancarlo which that's that's a thing to have i just saw some of his art from uh from some of his books were on auction for some pretty high prices actually Damn. not too long ago well so are you offering does he did he actually draws with pencil and and pen yes, right he, he uh it'll be black and white he does pencil and inks and like i said his daughter does coloring sure uh he typically doesn't do colors himself uh that's usually well, she digital yes okay and mm-hmm. so uh, do you have you did you and i apologize if I've, we've asked this in, in a previous episode but did you guys have you guys done where you sold artwork or is that like an uh an, you just it's it's the, the logistics of that are a little bit more challenging to do you mean in the Kickstarter? Mm-hmm. Well, there is a tier that's a, this is another one that we sort of combined with the Amiculize Me uh, tier is that with like the uh, the top shelf tier, I guess, what do I call it? The ultimate Amiculous tier, the ultimate anonymous tier or something like that. The ultimate art patch, which I can't remember. I have to look at the list. No, you're but, fine. But um, Giancarlo, at one tier, he will go one step further and do an acrylic painting of your character. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, uh, I he's done one of me, actually, as a Roman emperor. It's baller. I will tell you that right now. I, I have to ask, where is that in your in your brand new home? Where where <laughs> will that be will, will that be placed at? Uh, like is it in your office where we're like right above the desk, or is it like, honey, no, we're we're putting this in, in, in the dining room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually I don't know if depending on what Becky feels on the picture, I don't know. Like if I had that made yeah. of me, my wife would not let me put that in the dining room. She's it's like, probably going to yeah. be in my office. I mean, I got a ton of yeah, I've got a ton of art actually from Giancarlo that I that I I'm going to be putting putting in a place of honor in there. That's awesome. Yeah. And the great thing about the way he draws you, he makes you look slightly Italian. Oh, that's <laughs> it's interesting. It's like that's my friend. I know that guy. I know her. But they all look a little European now. Isn't that interesting? I don't know what it is, but you know, isn't that strange? Like yeah. they, that's awesome. Um, so a Kickstarter, go to Kickstarter, look up Amiculous. Uh, where can we find you on social media and all that stuff? Uh, well, uh, I am. I'm on Instagram, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook. That's how I always feel about Facebook yeah. sometimes too. It's like I guess I got to post stuff there. Yeah. 
Twitter. Uh, right now, it's at. Uh, I'm speaking as pre-campaign Travis right now, even that though this is, is coming out. Uh, right now, it's at Travis Horseman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm going to change it. Uh, I'll, I'm going to be changing it in a short time to at Amiculus Omnibus. Okay. So, so uh, when this episode goes up, and I, if you're looking at my Twitter feed, and that's how you maybe found this, and you see that, and you go, oh, that's who that is. It's Travis yep. that I've tagged in the tweet. Yes. Um, was there anything else, good sir, about the Kickstarter that you would like people to know about? Well, I just want to reiterate again that for us, as, as a select upper tier reward, we are doing Amiculous sketch covers that does on the really books. Bad. Uh, we're doing omnibuses, sketch cover omnibuses, where, again, we're combining the best qualities of the Amiculize Me and putting the character in the book, except yeah. we're putting you front and center on your own custom cover of your, of your omnibus. This is going to be an additional, there's going to be the regular omnibus, and then there's going to be the sketch cover omnibus in that package. I, I would be remiss to say, say you guys hit your total in, a, in a, within a week or so. Not counting on it, but you know. But no, well, but. <laughs> never, either, never Either assuming. way, before the campaign ends, you guys reach your total. Mm-hmm. Okay. What uh, stretch goals? Do you have any stretch goals planned out that you that you have in the back that you have lined up and ready to go to throw out there if you guys hit it? Yes, um, the first uh, stretch goal one of the one one of the ones I'm most proud of is uh, for the volume three campaign. I did an amiculous coin. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Yeah, it's it's a rep it's a it's it's a replica. It's done in the sort of the style of an ancient Roman coin. So yeah, uh, this coin it has it has Romulus's face on one side and Amiculus's sure. face on the other, and it has the tagline of the series in Latin, which the tagline of the series is "Did Rome fall or was it pushed?" Yeah. So that's the that was the Amiculus coin that I did as a stretch goal for my last campaign. I'm doing a similar one this time except uh it's going to be a domina coin this one's going to have it's for the new book it's going to be ideally i want it to be silver the last one was kind of a golden bronze yeah uh this one is going to be it's going to be her face and then hers and amiculus's face is sort of a janus head on the back Mm. you know yeah that's the idea oh that's awesome well, so everybody, then we know what we must do because I want a coin. <laughs> so yeah, so check out Travis on Twitter, and if, and if he does change the Twitter handle again, I will be tweeting that up uh, so you can reach out to him, and also I'll be tweeting the link as well, and it'll be in our show notes for this episode when it goes live. Travis, thank you so much, man, for coming by and just shooting the shit and just talking us a little bit more about Amiculous. My pleasure. Is this great thing that you've <laughs> put out into the world, and it's so good to to see it come to life. Thank you for inviting so, me. Yeah, of course, man. Get out of here without cheese! You're a creep! Go away! We're having a good time until you start up, cheapers! Go have some coffee with cream or something! Because I'll tell you something! This is a happy place!